Well, it's another week. It's another exciting week. If you love your sport like we all do, whether it's locally, nationally or internationally, it's finals time locally in the footy codes. It's grand final weekend, huge weekend for, for racing fans as well as we head deep into the spring. On a national level, we see the finals kick off in both the Aussie rules and the rugby league and also in basketball. It uh, is the NBA Finals, so exciting time to be a sports fan and also we're counting down to the crunch time when it comes to the DDBBL. Tonight, our ITP, Haynes Wilson special guest, take two with Ken Glover. He's all sorted. He's with us tonight, so I'll have a chat to the legend himself, so he'll join us on the program. Shane Mogg from the Southern Hotel will join us tonight as well. We'll find out what's happening out there as well. We've also got a super coach season that launches as well with racing, which we'd love you to get involved with also. We put up a post about that uh, on our Facebook page. Have a look at that. And also for Hogan's Family Jewelers, we have a look at our rocks and diamonds of the week. That's all coming up. Stay with us. You're with the Semi Pros. Just, just about doing, mate. Uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you the stole. Another big week on the semi-pro. Steve Glover's with me. Someone's with me. How are you? Two-man crow. Yeah. The best show Good. ever. Good. You got half a Kenny in there anyway. So. Yeah, I can see that. He'll be with us shortly. So what's what's going on? Well, everything, mate. Made the uh, debut in the DD BBL last week. Fairly illustrious uh, event it was. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I see it. It's uh, just about put the cricket bag back into retirement. So it's good. How'd you go? No, no, mate. We've got a couple of touch-ups actually there. So. Did you? Yeah, yeah, jumped on. Was that Logan. Kenny laughing yeah. in the background? Was that Kenny laughing yeah, in the background? Probably was. Yeah, didn't didn't offer too much uh, from my uh, from my end, but um, I suppose I nearly had the uh, the perfect setup for cricket. Just uh, went out there, had a little bat for a couple of overs, and then um, didn't have to field, so field or bowl. So <laughs> it was got the cricket in my life. Yeah, but, how um, good's that? Yeah, and, it wasn't uh, um, mm. much to see. You wanted to be there fairly quickly if you wanted to get a glimpse, anyway. And what about? Uh, our mate Gursky got amongst the runs finally. Finally, yeah, yeah. I was hoping I'd, I'd, I had him there at uh, at lunchtime um, on the aggregate for the year. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd, I'd could eight times the amount of runs he has in three bats in one go. So that's how good he's going. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, he got a, got amongst a few. But uh, uh, yeah, it's going to pop up anywhere in the uh, whatever you do, the soapbox. But um, once again, probably couldn't be too much more of a. Uh, a perfect scenario coming into the final round in terms of teams being up there. So pretty um, yep. Yep. good So how good the, the draft works out for the competition. Oh, here we go. Here he is. Hi. How are we? With the runs. Good. We were just talking about you. Oh, oh good. I obviously I would have thought there. Hey? Well, Mr. 50 short, they're calling you this week, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, got a couple, which was good. <laughs> maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't get the win, but that was the main thing. So, yeah. Steve was just saying at lunchtime he had you covered in the aggregate in one yeah, bat. Eight times, it scored eight times the amount of runs or something than, than Troy had in three goes. Yeah, that's changed a bit now, but isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
But there's a week off this week, but pretty exciting. What don't uh, you talk about a promoter's dream? Final round of fixtures next week. Fair setup. So where it's ended up. Like, look at, for example, I um, was out on the uh, golfing course midweek with the coach of the Night Riders, and he was explaining to me how obviously they looked in a bit of strife. They won two games, and now they've pretty much. They're probably in the strongest position out of any of the teams to make the finals. They win, they'll definitely be in. They could even, with their percentages or something, he was talking me through it. If they even if they lose and a few things go their way, there's still a chance of slotting into top three. So no, they got to win. I think they've got to win because they're on two. They're the same as us, but they got a good, a better percentage. Is two teams on three wins? Yep. Um, and then there's three on two. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, oh, Kent, he's blessed, isn't he? He's got it, got it down to the last round again, where all three games are live. So, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Should be good. Oh, Steve, you sort of you touched on it, Steve. Soapbox, kick us off. What do you got? No, just pretty much exactly that. What we summed up the DDBBL again uh, last year. They come down to the last ball um, of the the regular season, and mm. actually could do the same this uh, this year. It'd be a bit different setup. No one will really know what's going on because all the games are played at the same time. So a bit different yeah. scenario, but I'm sure there'll be runners around keeping an, an eye on what's happening all up there at Grammar in a, in a couple of weekends' time. So, um, but yeah, promoters' dream. So. Kissed on the old fella, old Kent. <laughs> <laughs> so first goes straight through and finishes on top, and then obviously two and three will play off on the semi-final. So that's how it works. So that's exciting, yeah. So mm. a good way to kick off the soapbox of DDBBL doing great things. Troy, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Um, three Pete. Can the Roosters three Pete? Um, obviously they were. Uh, everyone was, or a lot of people were tipping them a few weeks back. But they're a, a fair shot of going three in a row, something that no team's done for a very long time. Um, but has last week thrown a spinner in the work? 60 to eight. 60 to eight. 60 to eight. No one saw it coming either. They've been uh, they've been building the last few weeks. They've got a few players back off injury and they'll build them towards um, this week, starting in the finals. And, yeah, got blown out of the water, just something that doesn't normally happen with with um with the roosters so yeah can can they bounce back and and get the three peak um i don't know it's gonna be tough isn't it they've got to they've got to play penrith tomorrow night who are, who yeah. are red hot mm-hmm. um yeah so what do you boys reckon can they can, can they win three in a row steve oh historically no but i think if any team can they they can um on paper, they've just got to get back and um, to where they were, I suppose. And I think they can. Friend missing after the first tackle probably hurt them a little bit there, and they just didn't turn up. Really, they had nothing to play for. So um, yeah, South did make a mess of them, and it, I suppose it goes to show once you've got momentum in a game, if you can capitalise on it, you can just run away with it with all the the fast flowing action there is now. So um, don't know. Penrith will be their tie. One of those teams is now now it is actually time to stand up in the finals and they are the I suppose got their target on their back whether they are able to stand up and do it in crunch time it's also all good being there at the top of the season but then um, the real stuff sort of starts now it sort of separates men from the boys and whether they're legitimate or whether they are 
just some youngsters that are out there and uh, had a very, very good season. Tom will tell us, folks, tomorrow night. Mm. So if they if they don't win it, have they had a good season, Penrith? If they don't lift the trophy? Well, they've had a good season, but... Yeah, they're good, but not great. Is yeah. it successful? Is that a successful season? I think it is, yeah. Successful still. To win that many games in a row for a young team. But, you know, they, they will... They will want to go all the way now. Like that, Have mind to. you, that we keep saying that they haven't got finals experience. They've actually got, have played a few, a bit of finals in the last few years. Like, I don't think they played last year, but the two years before that, I think they played, got into week one, maybe week two of the semis. So, you know, and Cleary was part of that, who's steering the ship around at the moment. So they actually have had a bit of a sniff before, but not with the the roster that they've got going now. So, yeah, um, it'd be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. it. It's a yeah, it's, it's a classic between you got Melbourne and um, Melbourne Roosters have been there and done it. They know exactly what to do. Then you've got the new kid on the block who hasn't gone through what these other blokes have gone through and they'll get to find out whether they can stand up against these other two. Um, I think there's, a, I think there's a, a, a team in the bottom half. I think Canberra can still do something as well. Yeah, um, I don't think it's it. I think five can win yeah. it. So I don't dance the question you said before. I mean, no, I wouldn't write you couldn't write the Roosters off because I still think any of that top five could win it legitimately. Yeah. I said earlier in the week, Canberra's the uh punting wise is they're the smoky, but they're about thirteen bucks yeah. to win the comp. Who's the other who's the other the fifth one? Yeah. Canberra. So top four and I also think I don't know he's not here. Barrett, he's, can't he's, win. I, I, no chance. I reckon, no, I reckon any no. other five can win. Out in two. See you later, boys. <laughs> Straight sets. Yep, Joel will, be, Joel will be going on a little cruise with them, having a few beers. They're out. Yeah, gone. they're gone. Yeah. Righto. Yeah. Well, I my what's on my mind, soapbox-wise, footy finals. How good is it? So NRL, Aussie AFL starts this weekend, of course, and it's an even locally. You've got the local AFL grand finals this weekend and also the Risden Cup, the Rugby Union grand finals are on this weekend. So it's a huge weekend. But the one a bit similar, I want to talk about your team, Troy, the Lions. I saw the thing the other day. So they play Robbie Glover. Titans should be there. Be better than five teams in there. Which five? It'd be a top eight, eight, Robbie, not top nine. Massive advocate for going back for the um, top ten. Top ten. Might might make finals (laughs) for five or something. Yeah, well, interesting. Had a good year about the Titans. But, yeah, no, Troy, you're the Lions. So, yeah. They have to, they have not, they're playing Richmond. They have not beaten them in, I think it's 11 years, 16 games. And uh, they started rolling out, I saw this week with the interviews uh, midweek and that the, the infamous line, or sorry, the famous line, I suppose, from uh, Lee Matthews back in that, that time, the early 2000s. Was it Essendon, top of my head, when they said, you know, if it can, if it, yeah, if it, if it bleeds, you can kill it. So they sort of, but yeah, so they've got a massive, I don't know, there's a lot of, we've talked about this before, obviously, with the being up here. There's massive expectation on them, but, I mean, that's a massive hoodoo as well. Like, they haven't beaten Richmond, as I said, in 16 goes in 11 years. Yeah, that's their first team, time. There's one team they that probably didn't want to come across first week of the finals. It was yeah. Richmond. Yeah, because a, a lot, I was looking, reading a few articles today, and no one's tipping the lines either. No one thinks they can, they can win the flag. They're all, uh, majority are going towards Richmond. A lot of people think it's Richmond's to lose. Yep. Um, but, yeah, like the Lions team is in that similar situation as we spoke about the Penrith team. Like the, 
it's time to see where they can stand up under finals pressure. Uh, no better team to do it against than Richmond. It goes the other way, doesn't it? If they can beat Richmond in this yep. final, it gives them that much confidence. A team that's given them so much dramas over the years, who have won the flag a few times the last few, they can beat them. Like, they will ooze confidence. So, mm. yeah, massive, massive game. When's that Friday? So Friday night, is it? Right yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. So. There's Chris Tate go Lions. If I, I'll, tell yeah. it, I'll tell you what, it'd help as well if they can kick straight. Yeah, they kick straight the season, have they? <laughs> the big O wouldn't be uh, giving too many big O's missing the spot like he does. So, be interesting. So, what do you reckon, Steve? Lions finals. Oh, I think they'll win. The yeah. Yep. Do you uh, break the hoodoo? It's the uh, the fairy tale season, really. Home MC, uh, home. Gabba final series. So uh, if they don't win this year, you'll, you'll think you'll, you'll, they'll struggle to turn around and, and beat them in coming years down there. Richmond are the, as Troy said, the team they probably didn't want to face. Um, yeah. as well. And they, they've been there, done that. They've come through and they've dominated. Now they're, they're sort of in that position where Hawthorne have been, where they they get through the, the regular season where they need to and then come finals time, they're Take able it up to get much. So... Um, be a, a massive test for them, but I think they're back at pretty close to full strength mm-hmm. uh, with the list. Get the big, um, big Harrison Andrews, I think, back in the back line. So it'll be a massive bolster and it'll be a cracking game. So yeah, can't wait to settle down and flick between channels and hopefully yeah, good. You know, cheer over said- win and get them into a prelim final. Mm. As I said, and then, yeah, Friday night under lights too, Steve. Mooney Valley's on as well. So you probably had mm. three channels there. Mm. There's a bit on. It's all bit happening, on. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit on. So, yeah, so now. Huh? Pippi go around again? <laughs> yeah, I think they just, oh, they just got a 55 second challenge there, mate. If, oh. if it was in it, it'd be hard to stop. Don't worry about that. So, uh, yeah, so that's, so I said, exciting time with everything that's happening at the moment. Um, special guest that's joining us on the show that's going to do it after the break. So if you've got, I know Troy's got a fool's cap list of questions that are really looking forward to him going through, but if anyone else has any questions they'd like us to ask the great man, Ken Glover, he's with us. He's paid the internet bill, so he's going to be with us he's tonight. On. So we should Is be he able- right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they paid the bill. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I finally understood last week why Steve missed so many winners with the old pending, obviously trying to get a bet on out there at Bangalore. So, um, and that's not in India. So, um so yeah, so they got the they got the internet sorted. So he's going to join us next. So if you have got any questions, make sure you please do send them through in the comment section. We will do our best to ask him that. So for Haynes Wilson ITP after the break, a special guest joining us on the show will be none other than uh, Ken Glover. Hey guys, Cohen and Liam here from Haynes Wilson, and today we're sitting with Steve from Paragon Homes and checking out the new display home at the Lees. Thanks for having us, mate. No, mate, thanks for popping by us. Mate, I'm a big fan of Paragon. I love the stuff that you guys do. It's really unique and sort of like I find like our clients, they, they get it designed to their specific needs. Every build's different. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, mate, exactly right. And really, we wanted to give more to our clients. And the process that I used when I built a house and land package went through designed a brief around what we're trying to create within the home, the feel, uh, how it needed to function, the purpose of the home, to bring together a home which really tries to target what you're trying to get at the end of the day and create a home that's more than just a couple of lines that slapped on a plan, uh, thrown on a block. Like There's so much you can do when you build a home and and making sure you get that better result out of of building a home at the end of the day. When you get the keys, you get that elation, you walk in the door, it's somewhere you just love to be. Yeah, and it's just yours, totally different. Mate, love it, you're doing a good job, man. Yeah, love it. Very fresh. Love it, mate. Yeah. Good work. 
So that's the crew, the Haynes Wilson ITP crew. Now they celebrated four years in business too, the boys, just this week. So good on them. Two like, uh, treats, which I'm sure wouldn't have lasted too long down there in the office too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dropped the this old down. gets a good run out of this um this ad, doesn't he? You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah, he's hey. tipping in a bit of sponsorship too. <laughs> Haynes Wilson ITP paid a bill and he gets the coverage. How good life, yeah. so. It's good we get him up to KNR. So, but ITP, Haynes Wilson, special guest, joining us. He's on. Ken Glover, how are you? We can hear you and see you this week. I'm good, thanks, James. And apologies for last week's debacle, but <laughs> it certainly wasn't my end. <laughs> what happened? Fault was it, Ken? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what happened. But anyway. But we fixed it. You're here this week. It's great to have you on. It's great to have you on the show. First of all, tell us a bit about. The, the Aztecs, Aida Care, how, how are you guys placed? A couple of weeks to go or one week to go? Yeah, we've got one match to go and we're three and one. A um, little bit disappointing, our first loss last week. We had a double header. But uh, the way we came back in the second game was fantastic. We had a good win over Troy Boy's new team. Mm. And he scored some runs too. Had to get a couple, mate. You, you've been oh, giving you me a bit of ribbon back. for the last month, so... No. Put the best foot forward and try and get a few, you know? Yeah, what did you end up with? 60? 60, I think, mate. Yeah. Not, yeah. not enough, anyway. Not enough. We're chasing a few. Chasing yeah. quite a few, actually. So, Well, you're lucky Robbie put you down uh, very early in your innings, too. You were caught in bowl. But yeah. Was mm. <laughs> well, little, little, little cricketers looking after each other, were they? Oh, I'd come back at a decent bit of pace. Like, yeah. <laughs> Leading edge, leading edge, yeah. up. You know, you take them wherever you can get them, Steve. You know how it goes, mate. Jeez. So who's <laughs> leading the now? What's that, mate? Who's leading the averages between you oh. and the, the boy here? Oh, I don't know. I'd hope I'd be averaging a little bit more, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're both not averaging too much. I went from I went from 0.33 to whatever I've gone to now. I don't know what that is. So, yeah. <laughs> Good to get a few away. So hopefully, hopefully some more in the next game. Yeah. Chris Tate. yeah. But Kenny, just quickly on the Adacare team, um, we, we were looking at it earlier this season and a lot of us pinpointed um, that he had a very formidable batting lineup. One bloke at the top there, Chris Gillum, how how well is he hitting the ball at the moment? Oh, he's a superb player. I, I obviously followed his career quite a bit through um just through local Toowoomba cricket and he scored lots of runs each year but he was our number one pick he was our first pick and I'm thinking well you know they had the option of going to a Brisbane guy but they knew they're going to get a keeper a quality bat and we've got him for five games so he was uh, sort of there's no um oh I suppose there are other chaps that, that came up had um, been having the second pick too made us pretty confident we were going to get Chris. Um, but then um, it also meant that we, we stood a good chance of getting Dan Wilson. I believe he changed his name through the week. He was Dan Brown last week, but that was my mistake. Dan Wilson and uh, quality player as well. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, Dan, Dan Wilson's had a long career in in um, in Brisbane. Scored a lot of a lot of runs. Um, and also what you've also got now with with Chris is 
with with your skipper out with with Welshy breaking his finger, you've you've got a captain in in um, in Gillow as well, and plus obviously out there the night when I batted for a farewell, I could hear Dan, like Dan Wilson does a lot around the team with field settings and uh, bowling plans and and whatnot. But having those two blokes in your team, being able to pick up the slack as a captain when you when your skipper goes down is pretty pretty ideal, mate. Yeah, I think we certainly missed that input from Dan in the first game. Um, but Chris Gillum, that's right, did a great job. Um, even in the first game, there were a couple of things that didn't go our way, which happens in this game. And um, in the second game, he just led by example with the bat. Kept mm. kept it as well. Yeah, no. And in saying that, Alex Welch is certainly a very uh, soothing captain on the field, just the experience that he's played in England and played quite a lot uh, down in... Uh, I'm not sure if he's played with the Ipswich Hornets, has he? Or he might have had the occasional game with Hornets. Played lately, but he played, yeah, he played a bit of country yeah. cricket then as well, I think, pretty high level, so, yeah. yeah Good yeah, cricketer. He's obviously out for the rest of the season. I think he's got the splint on his finger, which he broke last Friday, Saturday. Yeah. No, Saturday. So he's gone. But um, he'll be there in presence. And certainly Excellent. haven't made a, a say in the game or the game plan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, Kenny, mate. Good yeah. to be part of. Kenny, Troy's got a lot of questions he wants to ask you. I'll, I'll jump in <laughs> first. With, I'll jump in first with the obvious one. Why didn't draft Troy Gursky or your own son? Why did you overlook them? <laughs> Seriously? Well, I thought it started last week. They were both on our list, but not probably not. Yeah, so was every player. Every player was on the list. They were all eligible. Correct, yes. Troy got picked up fairly early by um, Lightning. You had the second pick. You had the second pick. And we had Dan Wilson, that's right. And at that stage, um, Dan Wilson was um, just a little bit ahead of Troy. Troy might have come in third or fourth pick, but I think he was gone before we got to that. So, Troy... Um, you're certainly there, mate. And Steve, <laughs> I was, I had a bit of an input into Steve. He was on our list too, but down low, if he, if we got the forward and Steve was still there, we were looking for somebody to carry the drinks and sort of be our entertainment officer. Minister for Entertainment, he would have been a pretty good value there. Well, just basically picking up, yeah, picking up where he left off from last season. Mm. That's pretty much what I've done. So I'm very glad to see an injury. But most importantly, if you did pick up Steve, you at least would have provided him with a shirt that fit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do that. I actually bought some paint this week so I could uh, get a look at shirt. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, maybe next no. year. Yeah. yeah, well, we had to clear the air on that one, but... Troy's seriously got a lot of – and now it was, as I said, because of your internet issues last week, it was difficult to work out what you were saying at all, to be honest. So um, what do you got for us, Dublin? Oh, I've got apes, mate. I've got apes. We could yeah. be, be here for two hours. Hey, Kenny, what, what I wanted to ask last week, you kind of got halfway through it, was um, I was asking whether – how you think the DDBBL concept would have gone back in the – back in the 80s with the, you know, the club rivalry is probably at a at – a, Highest back in the 80s. There's some pretty fierce competitors and pretty fierce games. Um, how do you think everyone would have gone combining in a DD BBL setup back in the 80s, mate? I think it would have gone well, Troy. 
even though it, it was fierce on the field, but off the field we got to play with the play or your better players or players that you might have come into uh, not so much contact, but had a few words to um, on on the field with regards to playing ability and so on. When we actually played for Toowoomba or Eastern Downs or South Queensland um, country, just great to go away with some of those guys. I remember I did um, room with Paul Tees, who was a bit of a, uh, a rival or a foe. But we did room and we had a lot of fun together up in Rockhampton. So I'd say it would have went well. The players certainly would have been able to handle the shorter version of the game. Um, I was lucky to play in a couple of shortened versions. We had a double wicket competition in Toowoomba in 75 that was run by uh, West Cricket Club and Bailey Henderson Sports Club. I had a game of triple wicket competition and I combined with uh, Terry O'Connell and Keith Siebel. And that was a, um, like just a Toowoomba, we represented Toowoomba and we beat all the Brisbane guys and the Brisbane first graders who had quite a few Shield players playing on the day. So that was a bit of a feather in our cap, but that was a lot mm. of fun too. Mm. Yeah, so to answer your question, I think it would have went well. We would look forward to it. Mate, go, go, so I want to take you back a bit. Um, yeah. Railways back in the day, he's dominated through a period. I think he's in the A grade, won six premierships in a row, was it? Six back? That's right. We tried, yeah. we tried to do it. We lost one in the middle. But, um, yeah, you're the last team that's won six in a row. And during that, I think the club won five, all five grades on grand final weekend. Is that – would that go down as the club's biggest weekend in history, mate, Rowan's? As far as results go, yes. That was – well, we ended up calling it Bulldog Sunday because we, um, we won five out of five premierships. And as you know, there's been teams that have had five teams in the competition or in the premiership game, but they just might lose one or two games. And very difficult when players that you know are an A-grade standard appear in your reserve grade side and similarly B grade is playing C grade and C grade is playing D grade. But um, no, mate, that was a very proud moment for for the club, for me in particular, because I was captain of the A grade side, which was the second last team to have a win. And uh, fortunately, we were playing at Gold Park 1 and on Gold Park 2, I think, um, our reserve grade side, led by Errol Peters, the late Errol Peters, um, defeated, I think it might have been Mets, I think. But then again, I could be wrong there. And so um, that sort of closed, it was fairly late, and every club or every, sorry, every grade was represented at that particular ground on the, um, on the Sunday when the grand final was completed and we'd won five from five. So we had a big night at the Royal Hotel after that. <laughs> I could imagine. And the Monday. <laughs> and the Tuesday. On Mad Monday, it was terrible Tuesday, I think. Yeah. I remember we won our first one, our first of a few we won. I think Ross Christie did Mad Week. He did the whole week. He was ridiculous. <laughs> I lived with him back then. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, I unfortunately was a school teacher and I had to sort of disappear for six hours anyway. <laughs> Before I rejoined the, the fray. 
Mate, another one I want to ask you. Um, so you obviously had a stint playing in, in Brisbane grade cricket as well. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of people over the years and your name's come up. And a few people have said to me, if Ken Glover didn't come back to Toomery, he would have played chill cricket next year. So do you, do you regret coming back at all when you did, mate? Uh, look, I was told by Sam Trimble at the time that I was in the Shield squad, but I had to move to Brisbane. And at the stage, I um, I was teaching in Dolby, obviously. And um, my fiance, Vivian, my wife, <laughs> we just bought a block of land and we built a house um, on that block. It was very hard to sort of pass that up and then go to Brisbane. Um, but I got married and I stayed in Toowoomba and I honestly can't say I would have played Shield cricket. Being in the Shield squad would have been um, an incentive to go a little bit further, but uh, I'm very pleased with what's happened with cricket as far as country cricket. It sort of provided a few little rewards um, in that I was able to play for country cricket against some touring sides which I wouldn't have done uh, had I been playing in Brisbane. Mm. Who, it, Troy talked about that, that, that obviously that era, Ken, that, that you were a part of and obviously you're, you know, a real leader of it. There were some great names that came through in that time, some great young names that came through in that time that obviously went on to play at the absolute highest level. You know, Andrew Bickle's one obviously that just springs to mind. But who's the best, in your opinion, who's the best player that you ever played with? Played with? Yeah, at any level. Oh, look, I'd go hard. It'd be very hard to go past Keith Siebel. Yeah. Um, just a magician with the, with the bat and a, a lovely human being. Um, I, when I sort of went into A-grade cricket, I went in at a very young age and was with Metropolitans. And even then they had some, you know, some names that I'd just... Well, they had some people playing that game or in that year that I didn't really deserve to be there. I, I managed to get a position in the team um, through some performances, but I didn't feel comfortable. And then I uh, had a couple of years where I was playing school cricket on Saturdays. And when that finished, I think I went and played with railways um, in the early 70s. And then I got a transfer away. I played a little bit of cricket up in uh, Rockhampton and when I came back to Toowoomba to do my teaching, um, I rejoined Railways and then again I changed clubs because when I was going to the Darling Downs Institute, I was the sports convener and one of the things um, we were trying to do with students at the DDIAE at that stage, later to become the USQ, was to try and get people who were at the DDIAE to play for the sporting teams that associated with the different competitions run by uh, Toowoomba. Hmm. Did I answer the question? I think you said Keith Siebel, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, mate, okay. Gerard, uh, Ian Cullen, Ronnie Schweitzer. Um, these are guys a little bit older than me, but they just had a stack of knowledge and all they wanted to do was talk cricket. And, yeah. Didn't Keith Siebel score 200, Kenny, for Queensland? He did down in Victoria. Yeah. 100, come back up here, got 
pushed into a night watchman position by Peter Burge and got out. Against New South Wales, I think Dave Renenberg and um, Graham Calling were the opening bowlers who, funnily enough, opened the bowling for Australia as well. And he didn't make any runs, and I don't know if he ever played for Queensland after that. Mm. in the dark. Mm. Well, well, Kenny, what about a bloke like Andy Bickle? Only a young Andy kid Bickle? coming, young kid coming through. So, and we now know, obviously, the you know the the lengths that he that he went to, obviously internationally, etc., and the career that he forged. Was he a kid when you saw him come through at railways? We thought this kid's really got it or did he just develop later or you know it's often interesting with when you see those sort of players come through and often people will say you know when he was a kid or when he was this playing here he wasn't any sort of superstar but obviously they just kept developing what sort of a what sort of a player was he or what was your thoughts on on him as he came through the ranks well I only played a couple of games with um, Andy when he came here it was a, a bit of a gap season because he played most of his junior and um early A-grade cricket with Lockyer or Laidley or one of the teams that might have been, might have even been Gatton. Bickles were a big name in, uh, in mm. Lockyer. Excuse me. And um, he came up here, performed well. Railways had a, probably the best side on paper, but they never, I don't think they even made the final three. They, they seemed to be losing uh, the... Ability to win a game through bad weather. The season that Andy Bickle played here, the following year he went to South, I think, in Brisbane. And um, yeah. we all know what happened from there at Shield, and then he made the Australian mm. side. But yeah, no. two other young yeah. fellas, um, Brett Henschel played. Yep. I from Dolby, and I played quite a bit of cricket with Brett, but he too went to Brisbane probably as an 18, 19 year old and went on to play Shield cricket. And of course, Greg Ritchie. Yeah. I, was lucky, I was lucky enough to, um, when Greg was, when Greg first went to Brisbane, there were times when he needed to lift down and I was coming through from Dolby and I'd take him down and we'd, well, again, we probably didn't need a radio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he must have been a better option. <laughs> Fantastic, very yeah. confident, uh, 17, 18-year-old, and then, of course, he went on to play for Australia. Yeah, no, there's it's been great names that you've been a part of that have that have evolved through it. Um, two more I've got, then I'm done. I, I, I want to know that those Troy talked about those those great teams you were a part of in railways. Now, no one likes comparing eras, but you watch cricket go through. Troy's played in some pretty good teams with some pretty good diggers teams. How's that team? The you know the glory days teams of railways stack up against any of those if you played them in a dream matchup. Oh. Uh. Yeah, hard question. Um, I think the select the selectors of the Toowoomba teams in those days. I think we had up to eight of the railways boys were playing in the Toowoomba team that played against Warwick and uh, yeah, and Dolby and and I think we even played uh, some of the Brisbane sides as well. For BK AK Shield was a competition in those days. So I can remember playing Ipswich up at Mount Lofty on a wet wicket. When Dennis Schuller and I think uh, oh, Brett Masters, who probably didn't play as much A-grade cricket in Brisbane, but a very, very good player. He he was um, superintendent or head doctor at uh, Marta Children's Hospital. So that's probably why he didn't continue with his cricket career. 
but yeah. very, very good trigger from Ipswich. Um, yeah, look, I think we would have held our own. Very strong batting, and we had um, we could call on quite a few uh, pace bowlers. We had a good reserve grade side that was filled with um, some very good pace bowlers that would have played A grade in any other side in Toowoomba at that stage. Um, yeah, look, Diggers have had some good sides. Mets have had some great sides. Um, so very hard to say, but we would have would have given it a go anyway. Bit of, bit of a different answer than you get to when it's off camera. I'll tell you. Spanner, <laughs> <laughs> spanners are no good. All these, oh, I'll tell you what, that's it's changed, and after a couple of years, that story gets a bit more. <laughs> bit more into it. Yes, you want to hear what you want to hear, son. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I just think it's an interesting thing to think of because you hear a lot of those great sides. Well, actually, I'll ask you the question, Troy. So you had great seeing those sides and coming and seeing how good they were, and you know how good the side you were in was, and you would have seen just that era prior to that how good some of those diggers uni sides were. What do you? How how would that? Railways team stack up against any of the best teams you've been a part of or seen play in Toowoomba? Oh, of course it stacks up. Like, it's hard to compare eras. That's the hardest thing. Like, I think Railways went through their era where Kenny's team won six and I think University went through an era with yep. um, with Iron yep. Walls and that they, they won a few in a row and Diggers won a few in a row. Now, Mob, we won, we, we won five or so. Like, it's hard to compare them, but, you know, it's probably each era in those in those in those few years. There's probably one team where it might be you know you think that's probably the strongest team we played in. Um, it'd be good to uh, be able to put them out in the field against each other. But um, yeah, I know one thing: any of those teams playing against those teams in the '80s, you you'd want to be ready for an ear bashing anyway from, from Kenny's mob and those fellas. I remember coming through as a young fella. I didn't get to play against Ken, but against some of the other. Uh, teams, you if you weren't mentally ready, you yeah, you you were gone. So, what, you, yeah, what, what did he say to you when you come on as a as a rookie, Bubs? I didn't did get you, to play, Ken. He just finished, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it was just Spanners when they first came into yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started here, Spanners, and we're going. Oh, but Ivan, yeah, Ivan Walls was still playing. Star, well, Staffy was still playing. Staffy played till he was about 60, didn't he? But, um, <laughs> yeah, Staffy and Wolsey and those blokes are still playing. Um, yeah, and the same again. If you weren't ready mentally, you were, you, you're going to cop. I played my first game against Mets uh, as a 16, 17-year-old against Hilton Chilcott and a few blokes. And, yeah, there's a few interesting things that got said about my parents were this and that and their family had done this and <laughs> But then, as you walked up the field, I got a few runs. I still remember, I got a few runs. And this, I'm thinking, this mad Hilton Redhead fella's come up to me again. And he came and said, Well, bad young fella, do you want a beer? I went out a beer with him after the game. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what it was back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how, how good is that? Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, last question I've got for you, Ken. And I say this in all sincerity and seriousness. So, the bloke sitting beside you, his son's probably the most talented, naturally talented sportsman of, you know, I've had anything to do with or seen, no matter what it was. And I remember when I first, um, you know, coming through and playing basketball against Steve, and Dad was there, and he said, "Who's the, who's the, who's the kid with the big ears?" 
said, which one? I said, Steve Glover. He said, is he related to Ken? And I said, yeah. It's his. And, he, and I said, oh, I don't know. That, yeah, he said, anyway. So that bloke is, was the most naturally gifted sportsman I'd ever seen. So it's kind of ironic that I say the same now about your son. But everyone I've ever talked to about you, Ken, always talks about that bloke's one of the best or the best bowler of face or the best this or whatever it may be. And if they're not that, they said they were taught by you. So... Honest, serious question. How, how does it feel for yourself? Like the company that you put in is like you're in rare air and to be spoken about in that light, as I said, by everyone and anyone I've ever spoken to shows the, I guess, the standing that you have in this in this community. How does that sit with you? Uh, look, at the time, I, I sort of, I played games to the best of my ability, whether it be a basketball or a golf game or a cricket game or whatever. And if if I couldn't give my best at it, then I'd try and work a bit harder. Um, but there were times when I, I didn't perform to my best. But I tell you what, I didn't sleep very well when I didn't. And um, <laughs> whether that's an attitude or whether that's um, just the way I, I used to go about things, of course, I didn't like losing. And I tell people it's not that I'm a, a bad loser; it's just that I'm such a good winner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll you know, have yeah. a bit of um, yeah, a few wins along the way. Look, I, I think Steve's much more talented than what I was. He's reached national level at what two or three different activities. Possibly could have gone a little bit further with his cricket. His I found. When I was playing um, two sports in a year, and that stage I was playing a little bit of, I was playing, trying to play soccer on a Saturday. I was playing amateur league on a Sunday and, and cricket during the summer. Thankfully, it's only one sport to play in summer. But um, it, it was all social. I think I had such a great time after the event. And luckily enough, I, I lived in a time period where if we had two or three beers, we weren't concerned with driving home. You know, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I sort of stopped playing, they started putting restrictions on how how many drinks you could have or who you drank with. Oh, and, responsibility. Um, responsibility, <laughs> that could be a good word, yeah. But no, look, it, it probably doesn't sit too well with me. Um, yeah. It certainly doesn't, you know, sit in the top of my head saying I'm, I'm this and I'm that because, um, no. And I don't mm. think Stephen, it doesn't sit too well with Stephen either. I'm, I, we, my wife and I, were very proud to hear one time that I heard watching a grammar game and go back to Toowoomba grammar days and um, a person I had no idea who they were was asking his son, oh, who's that Who's the guy over there playing, on, playing rugby? He <laughs> <laughs> said, oh, that's Steve Glover. He's done this, this, this and this and he's a really good bloke. Yeah. Who's filled in? <laughs> 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 we thought we'd done the right thing, and you know, by what we have, what we had him, if it was an input into his um, growing up. But um, we were very proud to hear that. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. I think that's the best thing that any parent could hear. I'd say so. That's all you want, is it? So, and he is sometimes. <laughs> well, you, you two would know more about it than I do. <laughs> We won't hear about his uh, mischievous actions anymore. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> He's only it's Chris Tate. What about golf? He doesn't like losing any coin either. Very cunning. So Tate was telling us the yeah. other day when you used to have the uh, the fine system and the uh, Tuesday afternoon <laughs> golf club. 
You reckon you didn't pay a fine for three years, you got free trips every year because you just used to outsmart them on the fine system. They changed the fine system to try and stitch you up and you yeah, still, yeah. still have to pay. Well, Cody, Is that because you're tight or because you just... Katie tells us. We had a club called the Get Club, the G-E-T, and it stood for golf every Tuesday, but we moved it to Friday and we had another little um, anagram, an anagram, you know, where you use one letter. An acronym. I think it was, you know, I probably couldn't say it because it might be rude, but the Get Club became something else. And, uh, yeah, we used to put money in for three putts or if, um, if you're the first person to make a three putt in the whole year, you had to put in $5. So I was a bit wary about that. So. Jeez, I'd be broke. <laughs> <laughs> but 50 cents wasn't too bad. And the positive thing was we took our spouses, our girlfriends or our wives, whatever the case may have been in those days. Mark Ryle played. Um, yeah. A uh, couple of other chaps that were a little bit um, reluctant to put in sometimes. But we took our wives and girlfriends, or wives and or girlfriends, or both. It was all to a good cause, and we had a good number. No, but, but did you never have to pay? Is that right? You never had to pay? Rubbish. I put in my share. I might not have paid any first-time fines. Like if you went from bunker to bunker, that was a $5 fine if if you were the first person to do it. But if you weren't, you only had to put in 50 cents. Oh, so right. it's Kate, even though he's a lovely bloke, should drink a little bit more and sort of <laughs> learn about how to remember what actually did happen. <laughs> on the <laughs> oh, we'll follow, I'll follow that up with him, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the bottom of that. We were talking to him about this literally just the other day. So it is here's a question from Robbie Glover. What's the best sledge you've ever given or the best sledge you've ever received? It's a good question. My goodness. Uh I don't know. You you hear some good ones that come come about. I remember once Brad Lowe was bowling uh, to probably Mets. And he was bowling well, a bit at pace and getting the ball to move off the seam, a little bit of lift. And the guy who was bowling to could bat. I think it might have been one of the Hubbards, either Brett Hubbard or Brad Hubbard, and he was playing and missing a bit. And uh, Lowey's getting frustrated and he's going back and he's cursing and swearing. And I made sure I said it in, in sort of earshot of the batter. I said, Lowey, I know you're frustrated, mate, but just... Try to think how the batsman feels. He's trying to hit the bloody thing. <laughs> and it worked? To get him out it next worked. ball? Yeah, he got out. Yeah. <laughs> genius. No, not a genius, just lucky. But I don't know about the best one I've received. I've copped a bit about the shape of my head and the lack of hair. <laughs> I think the Mets guys used to call me Mudguard because at that stage I had a beard. So shiny on the top and dirty underneath. <laughs> I remember it. Oh. We were playing West in, a, um, in an A-grade match and I, I was probably near the end of my career and I went out to bat and um, Paul Dorge, I think, or Mark Dorge, no, Paul Dorge, redhead, fiery, open yeah. bowl, letting them fly, got two or three wickets and went out to bat and, uh, and I think I got something called a, a pensioner 
And um, that sort of stuck in the back of my mind because I was only about 44, 45 or something. So I was about Troy's age now. Not every week, mate. Yeah, but I ended up getting a few runs and um, when it was their turn to come and had a bat, I sort of had a few words to them. But, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Nothing I could repeat here. <laughs> As Troy said, we could be here all night. It's great talking to you. Have you any anything else, Troy? Do you no, want to ask? Covered by I'll be sitting here all night, but you know. Like, yeah. No, Steve. I just want to say to Kenny, thanks for like Kenny Trailblaze, the way for a few of us. Like Ken played indoor as well as outdoor. Um, played for Queensland and blokes like Alan Wilson and himself and that kind of went through, followed similar footsteps. And and looked up to Kenny, you know, when we were younger, and, and saw what he did, and kind of we kind of followed in his footsteps and looked up to what he did. But so thanks, mate. Thanks for all that. Great. Right. There you go. Mate, this- Alan Wilson went after you, and I went after Alan, and we all kind of followed his footsteps of playing, being able to play indoor as well as outdoor at both at, at high levels. So yeah, and everyone's kind of kept in contact and become friends through the years, which has been great. Yeah, well, the one the one person that sort of gelled us all together was Rick Hegarty. Right, yeah. I was lucky enough to spend the last Saturday night at Rick's place. We had you would have got, got the uh, the guitar out, mate. No, 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 no. He got the gong out. He's got a new <laughs> great big gong that you hook. You know, he's got two little. Hey, hey, it's Saturday, was it? Uh, <laughs> The axe on. Hey, hey, Sunday, you were born when hey, hey, Sunday was on. They um, they had this big gong and, and he was playing songs that had a gong in it, and he would have had five or six of them. And every time he knew exactly when to hit this thing, and it would resonate through through the house. And we're outside as well. And I said, "What do your neighbours think of this noise that you make?" So, oh no, no, they like it. They like to hear what. Yeah, of course and they do. Into a and he had another little thing he used to sit on and he used to play with your hands like a bongo, but you sat on it. Oh, I forget what he called it. And I'd, I've never seen musical instruments that have to be played at, you know, he's got a fairly good sound system and he plays it normally after 12 p.m. or 12 night. A.m. A.m., yeah. Well, A.m., 1 a.m. in the morning. He'll turn the turn the sound system up, and I'm going. My goodness, we're going to have the cops here shortly. But uh, must have good neighbours, or maybe they've got soundproof rooms. <laughs> they, they put a, they put a few of those in. So yeah. What about you, Steve? Have you got anything you want to ask or throw in there? <laughs> oh, not really. We covered us over a bit over time, but I suppose just the, the transitioning now into. The coaching side of things uh, above the uh, the playing side of things and how you're enjoying that and something that you might pursue a bit more of? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've spent a lot of time as a school teacher and did a fair bit of coaching with, and with kids, mainly beginning type stuff. I'm not sure if um, – well, I'd like to think I could add to something, but when I took on the role of, of a mentor, I wasn't sure that what that meant. So the first season that – I was in the uh, mentor role with the Aztecs last year. I didn't say too much because I wasn't sure whether I was advising players, advising coaches, or helping out, you know, serving um, a few people some food. And I didn't know what it was all about. But 
this year um, when we had our meetings prior to the selection of the, the captains and prior to the selection of the teams, it sort of freed up um, a little bit, saying, you know, we need your advice. We want, want you to sort of come into the squad a little bit more. But I tell you what, I'd rather just sit back and, and watch and listen to how they talk and what they talk about. And sometimes I might add a little bit, but realistically, I think that the, the group that are together this with this squad um, just seem to have their heads all going in one direction. There's not too many arguments and um, it's going well so far. And the results are there to are there to show. Now, last last as we are at last, last, last question that we've and we've talked about it, like Steve's brought up a lot on this show that your your exploits on the punt, the unluckiest punter there's ever been, apparently. Is that true? Yeah, it's no a hard luck story. No <laughs> Please tell us the story in oh, your yeah. words. Tell us the story in your words, the, the trifecta you got, the dogs with the when the plover hit it or the magpie or the kookaburra or something happened. Well, that nearly um, <laughs> put my punting career into retirement. Because <laughs> I'd been beaten by half noses and, and um, disqualifications or protests. But this one, the dog race, I took four dogs in a first four, by the way. I wasn't a trifecta. Got the two roughies to run first and second. The favourites run third, and then the second favourites run fourth. So I've got the first four, and I'm just waiting for it to come on the screen. And I was hoping for yeah, maybe seven or 800. And I probably only had about 1% of that because Viv doesn't give me too much money to punt with. <laughs> I can talk to her about that, seeing we sell two <laughs> Anyway, still no correct weight. And dogs, they normally got the correct weight up as they pass. Pretty quick. Yeah, very quick. Anyway, it came about the favourite, the correct weight, the favourite didn't appear in the placings. And what the hell's going on here? Am I on the right racing? What had happened, the favourite was called a non-runner because in the run it ran into a bird or a bird flew across, across its path which affected its ability to finish the race, which I thought was a load of crap. <laughs> and I still think if a dog can't protest against another dog running into it or biting it, how can a bird consider an obstacle for finishing it? It finished third. So the, so the trainer missed out on his third-place prize money and I missed out on my uh, first four. So that's the end of that. And I won't hear another thing about it. Okay, thank you, Darren. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, Luck's a fortune. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's it. Have you got over it? You got over it pretty well, though. Honestly. <laughs> I, think, I think we were playing cards when I told you about that one, weren't you, Darren? Yeah. And, and yeah. you were had your bloody pockets turned inside out, losing, then all of a sudden you, you've won the won the night by picking up two or three wins on the river. That's right, Is mate. That That's correct. And I think I was beaten by a river card. I should have went all in on the third card. But anyway, yeah. I, and, and another it's, it's unlucky another, story, it's a, Kenny. Yeah, it's, it's, another great ex- yeah. it's another great example of how you move on and, don't get, and get over things pretty quickly, which is good to hear. And, and New Zealand wouldn't like him either because <laughs> he, he cost New Zealand the World Cup too. That's right. <laughs> yeah. oh, 
that was that was cool. <laughs> Again, I've, I've got a good price on New Zealand. I backed them about three months before the World Cup, and I thought, oh, yep. yeah, that'd be a good safe bet. And I got turned out of it. And might as well have not gone. <laughs> Fancy that ball hitting that bloke back, and then going for four. It should have been called a dead ball as soon as it hit back. It would have been again. Would have been a dead ball, but it hit his back, so I got four run. I'll be not Three more. That's three. We got a few more coming. <laughs> again, it's good to see uh, you get over things. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you. I'm done. <laughs> No, seriously, thanks for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure. It's been good fun. As I said, it's great seeing you involved with the Aztecs. And as I said, um, without a doubt, one of the uh, the great sporting names in our region will forever be known as that. So we do appreciate you sharing a bit of your time with us on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for your friendship as well. It's Ken Glover. We'll take a break on the semi-pros. More coming up next. Southern Hotel, our Sunday steak special has been so popular, we want to offer it on Saturday too. 180 gram rump mignon, 400 gram New York cut T-bone, or a huge 500 gram grain-fed rump. All for just $23.95. It's better at the Southern. It is better at the Southern. Are we heading out to the Southern? I think Shane Mogg's going to join us out there. Here he is from the Southern. Shane Mogg, how are you? Good, guys. How are you going? Excellent. What's happening at the Southern this week? Mate, what's not happening? We've got a big couple of weeks coming up. Don't worry about the smell of spring in the air. It is the smell of finals football, actually finals all together. Obviously, we've got all the NRL and AFL finals live. And, uh, mate, what about Jolie Sowers Lakers this morning? Wasn't that a hiding? Yep, so we've got, yep. we've got all the games of the NBA live and loud too. So, you know, if you're an NBA fan like Joel Stower and you manage to get your way into the finals, come on down and watch it. We'll have all the games there live for you. All right, so and you've been getting plenty of people through the doors coming around and, and loving all of the racing action, all the sporting action, and people want to come and see uh, the best atmosphere on the best big screens. Nowhere yeah, better mate, to be than the Southern. It's been great. Like we, like we say each week, we've been very lucky. Like We've got a great crew that come in and support us, and you know the locals uh, seem to get behind us, and you know we've always got something on here for them. So if we, we keep that going, they'll, they'll hopefully keep coming through for us. What's on the menu this week? What should people come in and well, look, what, what are you going to suggest to us? Goodbye to a few, uh, few favourites. Uh, the lamb shanks will be going shortly. It's uh, the chef's working on his new menu, and a yep. few of the Asian uh, platters might be uh, finding their way out the door and getting replaced. So, if you want to come in and try a few favourites uh, that you may have during the winter menu, come on down, give them a go, and some big things coming on the new menu. And uh, I can uh, leak that the uh, new wontons on the Asian shed, the prawn prawn wontons. Get around those when they're released, guys. They are fantastic. All right. So that's the ones to have. And then also they're in the, in the bar. And what will you have? Anything special happening with all the footy finals that are on now or grand final days and stuff like that? Always a big day? Yeah, look, um, 
we're just sort of putting together a bit of a footy promo. We're going to do a bit of a deal, a meal and beer deal for all the footy finals. So, you know, if you yep. want to have one of our six specials and a, and a schooner, we'll probably be putting a bit of a deal together there over the weekend and then moving forward for all the finals. And, uh, look, grand final day, we always manage to pull a rabbit out of the hat. We've uh, got a couple of couple of meetings between now and then and we'll, we'll do something for grand final day for sure for both codes. Right, we'll look forward to all of that. What about, have you got a winner for us on the horses this weekend? Oh, mate, I've... I've got one bet for the weekend. I've gone an all-up, which I'm pretty sure is German for idiot, but I'm having a go at it. <laughs> oh, we've lost him. Oh, no. no, no, you're back now. We lost you briefly. Tell us it again. Start again. What's, what's the German all-up? Surprise, surprise baby to place into hungry, hungry Heart to win into the Raiders 13 plus. It'll get you about $10. They should all be thereabouts. So let's say Hungry Heart to win, Surprise Baby to place, and the Raiders 13 plus. Yeah. Who are the Raiders playing? Mate, the Sharkies. We demolished them last week. It'll be worse this week. Take them 30 plus, mate. <laughs> oh, I don't have that confidence. <laughs> 13 plus is all we need to get it on. So, so it's all happening at the Southern this weekend. Have a uh, a great weekend. Moggin has said if you're out and about, pop into the Southern, see Shane and the team. They do uh, amazing food, obviously amazing service, and as we said, the best big screens to watch any sport. So have Cheers a cracking guys, weekend, mate. mate. We'll try our best. That's Shane Mogg joining us from the Southern Hotel. Righto, boys, we, let's look at the shot clock. We, we're going to talk NRL finals. We touched a lot of that, obviously, in the soapbox, but um, – Right here, right now, who's who's your pick to win the comp and why? Uh, okay. Yep. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne, been there, done that, playing good footy. They've rested their players up. Uh, they are ready to roll. And it'll probably be the last hurrah for a few of these blokes, I think. So, yeah, I think Melbourne experience will get Melbourne over the line. All right. Steve? Mm. I do think Penrith can win it. Um, Cleary, it's hard to believe that he's a 21-year-old. Incredible. Uh, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> it could be start of massive things for Penrith. Like, they're, 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 they've got a, probably the youngest roster, I suppose, coming through um, through the finals uh, series. They've been the benchmark uh, all year, especially after they've got back from the COVID break. They sort of started off a bit slow. They've built it. They've had no injuries. They've got momentum. They've basically had the perfect uh, preparation. And, yeah, I, I do think they did. I know that the pressure's going to be on them, but I think a guy like Cleary, as I said, like it seems like he's been around for 10 years, uh, what he's achieved mm. so far. And, and he's the guy to, to, to lead him there. And he's got, I think he's got the right cattle around him to, uh, to help him there. So I'll, I'll um, no, um, I suppose big um, prizes for for choosing them, but the uh, the, the Panthers. Uh, Penny Panthers, minor premiers into the Premiership double. I'll go. I'll go left field. Someone's got to. Um, and I genuinely think they can win it. It's said Canberra, the first team to win it outside the four in however many years. If a team can do it outside the four, I do think it is them. So we got. You know, people probably forget they made the grand final last year. I know they don't have Hodgson there, but Starling's going enormous for him at hooker and filled that void there as well. And they also. He's, what's his name? Havili comes in there as well. They've obviously got some big game experience. They've got through all, like, sort of like what you're talking about. I'm not saying, not comparing them to how well Penrith's gone this year, but Canberra was that team on the up last year. So they've had that experience, obviously, finals and that. So, and you know, at Ricky Stewart's hockey, he'll have them primed to the eyeballs. They'll, they'll, um, they'll give everything on, but they do have a tough task. They've got to do it outside the four. There's probably a reason no team's done it in 
as a team ever won it outside the four? Or anyway, it's a long. I don't think they've won it since that That's set up. Yeah. Got to the finals and should have got there, but uh, four at the last hurdle. Yeah, so that's my thought there. And then on the uh, the shot clock was the NBA Finals. Game one was today. Um, first up, Miami Heat, like unbelievable. Who would have mm. thought? Like if you said to me they won't make the playoffs, I wouldn't argue. If you said they'd make the NBA Finals, you would have said I'll give you a billion to one at the mm. start of the season. Fair? Mm. Like, and I think I've messaged you was what we were saying. Like, and not like – they're just a great – today's not a good example because they got pumped, but they're a great team to watch. Watching them when they beat Milwaukee and they beat the Celtics, just, you know, NBA is a lot revolved around now, that ISO game and things like that. They're just a simple team where if you're open, they shoot it. If they're not, they pass it to someone who is and they just move ball and they play team defense. And mm. it's it's different. Like those unheralded, like Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson, guys like this, like they're just – and they're just perpetual motion, as I think was um, Mark Jackson said in commentary. He said, you know, take this into perspective. I'm not comparing them, but the way they move is like Clay and Steph in terms of just their movement off the ball and just they constantly making defences move. So Eric Spolster's has done an amazing job with Miami. So first things first, how, you know, who would have, as I said, who would have picked them to be where they are in the first mm-hmm. place? Yeah, yeah. Good, they've overachieved, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> if you picked them there and uh, or if you told somebody you thought they'd be in the finals and you're obviously more than likely lying at the start of the season. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy Buckets, but it's a shame. I think uh, I didn't actually see the game today or, or the score, but from what I got, the Lakers won fairly comfortably. I did read a report. And, yeah. Vargas out, Adebayo out, and that's just... Butler yeah. rolled his... And, but, and Butler... They didn't went down on his ankle earlier as well. So oh, yeah. really, um, mm. so it's pretty much curtains. Even with like the yeah, the Dragic has been absolute massive playoff series. Um, come of age um, there, but yeah, yeah, I'm like, they needed everything to go right to be a chance. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. It's basically gift wrapped it to the Lakers. Um, so you agree with the. Yeah, so you agree with the betting agencies? They paid out. They said anyone who's had a bet on the Lakers to win the championship, they they paid out. Oh yeah, I think so. De- definitely. So it's a and yeah, especially being what it is now, where there's no home court advantage, you can't go home and, and get boosted by the uh, yep the, um, the home uh, home crowd getting behind you and giving you that incentive. So uh, yeah, yeah, Lakers win the uh, the asterisk championships. Will the heat will the heat nab one or not? No. Not no, without so. out of bar, yeah. No. Yeah, we'll have to see what the end outcome is, but obviously they're not going to be even if they're out there, they're not going to be hundred percent. So and as I I think Steve, you're right. Like they needed everything to go right and plus some probably. And you know, and, and then now they're going to be at about 50, well, less than 50%, to be honest. You take out, like, Bam out of Bayo, that, that was the big matchup, how he could handle Dave, um, yeah, um, how he could handle Davis. And then, right, obviously, yeah. he's not there. So, oh, I mean, he was there today, obviously, but then he went off with a shoulder injury or whatever it was, and then drag it on his foot. And you always know it's probably worse than it is when they, you know, they came out of the huddle or whatever. They said, just, I saw that part of the game and the reporter said, when they asked what's his injury, they just said he's, they wouldn't, basically wouldn't say, just said, oh, he's, it's a foot injury. They wouldn't embellish or add any more to it. So it's probably worse than you know. So even if he's out there and then even like Butler, 
has been a revelation this year. He played through anything, but he's not 100% either, I don't think. So, mm. yeah, and I think the Lakers and LeBron and Davis and the whole Kobe um, significance carrying over, they're pretty hungry to get the job done. So I think, um, yeah, I think it might be pretty quick NBA finals. Mm. 4-0. All right, that's, that's a look at the Southern Hotel shot clock. Let's have, let's jump straight into Hogan's Family Jewelers Rocks and Diamonds of the Week. Rock of the Week, Troy, what are you rocking? Oh, mate, nice week? and quick football team, Broncos. Why? They named a new coach. No, mm. just, yeah, culminated. Season's finished, played their last game. Worst season I've ever seen by an organisation, an absolute debacle. Um, I'm really glad that it's over. For this season, happy it's with Kevin. Um, yeah. Steve, I think he's for the for the what they need. That's I think situation. he's the right pick. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I listened Had to an interview with him last night. He's got passion. Uh, he knows the the structure of the how the club works um, and how to get it and, and how it worked in the in the glory days. Uh, I think he'll rally a lot of the old boys around it um, and just try and get that passion back into the team. And I think he, he's not stupid, mate. He knows he needs good football brain, brains around him, good coaches. I think he'll, he'll get some good assistant so, coaches, and I think he'll do. I think he'll do a job for what they need. Yeah. For what I saw on the news the other night, just on Channel Nine, they were saying um, one of his when they were obviously negotiating the contract, one of his conditions was that John Cartwright's the assistant coach, former Titans okay. coach. Yeah. So that, well, that's what I heard, heard a couple yeah. of days ago. So. There and I've, he's had people jumping out of trees trying to get the uh, another assistant role there too. I think so. Some fairly fairly uh, smart footy brains there, and I think you know, that he knows exactly what he needs there. And he's not there to be the probably the technical coach. He's the there yeah. got to be all together and um, pats on the backs and taps on the butts at half time and fire them up and go and get them playing their best footy, which is what most of um, man management is. What coaching at that level, oh. I think. Yeah. As important as the X's and O's. That's right. Um, Troy, what did you make of uh, the Darius Boyd gender reveal after they've just picked up the spoon and he's whatever they did, the you know, <coughs> kicked their footy to reveal what he and his wife were having? No comment. Been a bit of no good. Uh, no comment. I might say the wrong thing. <laughs> Ask Steve. Something to celebrate for the boys. It was a debacle. It was ridiculous. What, what? Yeah. Like, I, the I know. The timing of everything. The uh, timing of it. You just picked yeah. up the, the lowest of lows for your club. Um, and they're yeah. out there yahooing. Spectators, spectators would have loved it, wouldn't they? Wish I was there. So we'll I don't start, know. Yeah. We'll start hurling some abuse over the fence. Mm. And actually, no, you got Toby. I was, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go next because I was on a similar vein. Mine was... I don't know if you'd say that they are the the fans or or what, but all of their or is it their right? I suppose you know all the wooden spoons that they drove past on the Monday and threw into Red Hill. So did you see there was a staff around yeah, there? Yeah, I did see that. Holy hell! There must have been a few. They must have sold out of wooden spoons across Briz because there was. I tell you what, he had his hands full picking them all up. <laughs> Your kitchenware and- shop loving it. <laughs> exactly, they might get a sponsorship from them next year. But I thought that's it's a fickle game, fans, I suppose. But I just sort of think, I don't know. 
you know, as you said, it's been a tough year for the Bronx and supporters, and you've had people turn up and drop their jerseys at the front of reception there, and they've had wooden spoons thrown in there. So is that – but actually, I'll jump the other one really, really quickly. I'll throw it there as a rock of the week, and it's not necessarily his fault. And I'd like, again, your thoughts on this. Dion Waiters, so he is technically going to win the championship no matter what. He started the season with Miami, got punted out of there, went to Memphis, now he's landed in L.A. So if L.A. win, obviously, yeah. Fairnicum, he's on the roster, he'll he'll grab a, a ring. If they get beat, he's technically gets one because he was a part of the Heat squad that won it also, which I know we're saying is unlikely now, but it's like that, you know, surely. Why, why should he get one if the Heat won it still? That's what I'm saying. Like, he he was, and, 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 and more so, I know sometimes, you know, things happen, people get traded or, or whatever it may be, but he was – Basically suspended. Remember, he got on the plane with the um, like I don't know, the something, the vape or something. I did something, some sort of wild show, some sort of I don't know what it was, but yeah, on the plane and stuff. Like so he got stood down and that sort of stuff. So essentially, they shipped him out. So it, you know, it's I like I'm thinking, is there any other sport like so few in the NRL and like so say say the um I know it's not going to happen obviously, but say the say the Warriors won the NRL would Blake Green get a ring? No, so yeah, that's what I mean. So I thought that was that's bizarre that Dion Waiters would be lining up for a bit of bling, no matter what happened. You wouldn't want one, surely. Well, that, that's the other thing. Yeah, like Steve said, you wouldn't you wouldn't want it. And no. the other interesting part of the story I was reading, I was reading on ESPN as, as well. So. He's already going to get it. They get a bonus or something if they make. Not that they need any more money, but they get a bonus if you make the finals or the playoffs or something like that. So, it might be the finals. So they're saying he's also technically, however, the rules or whatever they do over there, is eligible to get a bonus from the Heat because he's bonus. <laughs> yeah, what a joke! But that apparently comes down to I think the players would vote on whether so they whatever the bonus is, and then the players get a you know they, they divvy that up. And they'd say whether so the players could vote whether yep, you know he was a part of it and will he'll get a share of it as well. I got a funny feeling he's not getting one from the heat. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Anyway, mm-hmm. Steve, what are you rocking, mate? Conor McGregor, um, mm. and what are, I think he retired from um, the everything UFC or whatever, and. First started out, he's fighting Manny Pacquiao, and that was all done, does and that's been pulled off. So I dropped off Twitter there, and then um, he's um, tweeted somebody to have a MMA fight, another UFC fighter, but not Is under it? the not under the UFC banner. Do as as a um, an exhibition fight or whatever uh, over in Ireland in Dublin, and then um, Dana White's jumped off that, and he said, "Mate, if you want to fight." I'll sanction the fight. Here you go, and you can go and fight, sort of thing. So, don't know what he's. He, he did butt heads there with Dana, um, whenever it was, sort of back in there, and said, "I don't need you," and this and that. And now he's basically trying to do everything to get a fight, or I'll be, I'll be relevant. I, I suppose it's not the fighting thing; it's that people yeah. aren't talking about him. So, um, so is he but, not fighting Pacquiao? I thought that was like a, I didn't follow it closely, but I thought no, apparently was... not. Apparently, it was just something he put up on a tweet and. Um, just grab, gravitated some media attention. White must have something to do with the rights to who he fights, I'd say. Yeah, and, well, he'd have to, I'd say, being contract. Look, mate, that's not true. Take it down sort of thing. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, 
Um, wild show. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it is a wild show. And I don't know. But like, even if for the guys, if, if Pacquiao did that, like, it's just goes to show, like, those sports are just becoming the money grab sort of thing. 100%. So if that was it, it it's gone from the day of being the best at your sport to how much money you can bleed out who's, of it. Which who's, real- yeah, who's the biggest draw of who to. Yeah, yeah, how much money? Yeah, how you can use your sport to bleed the most money, and that's how they judge success in some of those sports. Oh, he's made this much pay per view. I was like, yeah, well, mm. at the end of the day, how does that affect you as an ability in your chosen profession and sports? So, but anyway, so yeah. no, but Conor McGregor for like the carry on. If you want to fight, fight, go back, get your yeah. sights, and go and do it. But don't yeah. like the carry on and all this sort of drama on Twitter and and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Oh, Connor. Connor, Connor, Connor should just go back to being a gypsy and float off into the sunset, shouldn't he? Mm. Twitter seems to be a good place to have your grievances or your news or whatever yeah. you want to do for mm. some reason. So, yeah. right, Hogan's Family Jewelers, Diamond of the Week. Let's talk of the good stuff. Troy, what are you, what's your diamond this week? We're talking about Goliath. We're talking about big matchups. You don't get any bigger than Wayne Bennett v. Brad Fittler. How good is that going to yeah. be? Come origin time. Wayne's back. The old, the old boys back against Freddie. Has anyone seen the interviews when Freddie interviews Wayne Bennett? <laughs> yes. They're hilarious because yeah. Freddie's just laughing, just trying to take the piss out of him. Yeah. And Wayne Con doesn't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see the two coaching against each other. There's going to be some some interesting stuff. They'll, they'll beat it up. They'll be, For sure. Be Bennett, oh. Bennett v. Phil. It's probably just what we need. This yep. year for the Origin Series is is bringing the old flog back, um, <laughs> old Wayne, and uh, putting him up against against Fitler. He'll love it. Bennett will be thriving on it, I reckon. He'll, he'll pull a few. And, you know, Queensland, we're going to be massive underdogs. And if there's a man for, sure. to, uh, for the job, it is definitely Wayne Bennett. So, yeah, I can't wait. Bennett yeah, v. Good. Fitler. Look forward to it. Yeah, that was great. Can't wait for that. Steve, Diamond of the Week. Uh, local local cricket kicked off there on uh, last Saturday, the one dayers, and um, I suppose pretty pretty local quick bowler Sean McCarthy has absolutely had a field day. Mm. He's chocked in with eight for twenty ish or something like that. Sixteen, what, I think it was. it was like it was under twenty, yeah. Eight for sixteen, and he should have nearly taken a ten for from all reports. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So he's absolutely mowed through. There, eight wickets, eight wickets in any innings is a or five. Geez, <laughs> you're happy to get one wicket there when you roll the arm over the head. So especially in the one day, as batsmen sort of can get out there and score a few runs. But eight for sixteen, that's pretty impressive. I don't know. He has taken a lot of wickets locally. I don't know whether he, that would be his best or um Have to definitely be. out there though. Yeah, but um eight for sixteen first week. Bit of a shame doing that first week of the uh, competition though. Where do you go from there? So. <laughs> <laughs> good, luck to, good luck to Shawnee. I, and I think he's actually away with the uh, the Darling Down Suns mm. this weekend up there in Bundaberg. So um, all the best to the boys that travel up there. Brim, Cam Brim will come, I think. Uh, yep. Steering the ship. Hopefully he does better there than he does with the Blazers. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Shawnee McCarthy for his efforts, eight for, eight for 16. That's good enough to get, uh, get a diamond, I think. Yeah, terrific, outstanding. Mine's also local on racing front. I uh, thought it was great to see Lindsay Hatch, a local trainer, win the Wheatwood. Um, great story with Lindsay and a great story with that horse. So a horse they that owned by the family. So there's one owner 
and it's um, Lindsay's wife, Tracy. The horse's name is Jade and Tom. Their, their children are Jade and Tom, so hence the name. It's Jade and Tom. So the horse is now one of these over $300,000. And, uh, and, yeah, what a story for any local trainer that wants to win that race and for Lindsay to do it first up with Jade and Tom. And also, you know, she's come off his first premiership at Clifford Park. And it wasn't that long ago he had a, a major health scare as well, Lindsay, with uh, with bowel cancer that he had that he had removed. So he had a, a major health scare there as well. So he's come through that, and obviously the stable flying at the moment, and then to to cap it off with the premiership for one, and now to win a Wheatwood. And I uh, spoke to him actually on Racing Nation for those that on listening listening to us here on radio. So that's coming up in Racing Nation, or if you listen to it prior, it's up on um, the SoundCloud page. I've just got the, the actual segment up there, but it's a really uh, nice chat with Lindsay actually sort of talks about that now what what you know putting life into perspective when you go through a health scare like that and what it meant to him and his family to to win a Wheatwood so hats off to Lindsay Hatch Wheatwood winner adds that to his CV that um that to me that's good enough for a diamond of the week so well done to uh to Hatchy and the punters that were smart enough to latch on at the 20 odd bucks mm, didn't nice. win well too won well bolted him it was easy to say after when you know the result, but it was just never going to get beat either. Just sucked up, right. travelled into it, slipped to the outside, and yep, game over. That's our Ogan's Family Jewelers Rocks and Diamonds of the Week. Let's wrap up the show, boys. Let's hopefully find a winner this weekend. What are we on? Has anyone got a winner? Yeah, I'll go. Plenty of, there's plenty of winners, but we got Eagle Farm, yep. race three, number four, Neutron, second up. Yep. Uh, it's had one run straight up, round second. You can get the lovely price of $3.60 at the moment. It's nothing massive, but that'll kick off the multi and lead us to your two winners. Hopefully. Steve? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go in the Epsom, the big one, the group one of the day, and uh, back the Kiwi horse, Probabile. Um, mm. No weight on its back. Bit of a sticky gate. It probably goes back. Should be good speed on there always is in those type of races. Um, track's playing fair. We'll get out and um, run home. Matter aboard. Give it a couple of cracks at the 200 and <laughs> slip it on home and six bucks, I think, in the uh, in the Thanks Epsom. Race um, seven. Seven. I'll go, I'll go in Flemington, race six, the Bart Cummings. Um, Barry... Oh, geez, thought I'd get a better price in there. Steel Prince, all right. Race six, is it? Yeah, the Bart Cummings, it's race six, number four. Steel Prince got the lovely barrier of 20, so a few things against it. But um, I reckon this horse might be back to its best. Last start, it was wide the whole way, fought on tenaciously. That was in the naturalism. So I thought to myself, I want to be this horse might be back. I mean, this is the horse that was favourite for a Melbourne Cup there, that one year it won the golden ticket race a year prior or something like that. So, but then it went off the boil. But, yeah, it's two runs back this prep. I reckon it might be back somewhere on its way. So they're going to try to go back towards the Melbourne Cup. Goes good at Flemington and sits third up now. Last run was really good, like batted on really well um, after having a pretty torrid trip there too. So um, <laughs> it might get the same for Barry 20. But, um, yeah, with a good ride and, and a good run in transit, bit better luck over the 2,500. I think it can go close. So I'll be on it. So I'll be on Steel Prince. Now, Couple of advertisements was this weekend, as I said. Like so, local sport, get out and support the the local product. So Aussie Rules, the Grant's Grand Final Day up at Rockville. So they've got the um, the women's Grand Final kicks off at twelve thirty. So a couple of local uh, local derby in the women. So Tigers play um, South Toowoomba, 
And then at 2.30 in the main game, Gundawindi looking to go back-to-back, play South Toowoomba. So big day for South Toowoomba with both teams represented there. And then so that one's at Rockville. And then the Risden Cup grand final is on this weekend as well. 90, check this, but I'm 99% certain it's up at Clyde Berghofer. Or mm. usually always is. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah, so... Big local derby there as well. You've got Rangers up against Bears in the in the decider there. So, so some um, some really exciting local action. And then um, Troy said, "What do you boys say as well?" So the, and the cricket wise, so the the local boys are away. The yeah. Darling Down Suns, Thunderbird, Bulls Masters Shield or whatever they call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Up there, Kick-off Saturday. I think yeah, yeah. couple well, games Saturday and Sunday. Why for a chance to. Playing the final in Curtin Razor for a big bash game, is it? Something yeah. Like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can win it to have fallen short the last two years, made the playoff game to get through. Um, so yeah, they've picked a, a pretty strong, strong squad to go this year, and hopefully the boys can uh, can get through to that final at the Gabba. Mm. Yep, so that's all uh, on this weekend. So good luck to all of those local teams playing in finals, and good luck, of course, to the Suns competing there as well. Hopefully they can bring home the trophy as well, and then we get set for the last round of DDBBL the following week, then into the finals of that as well. So pretty exciting time, plenty happening. So get out and support local sport. As always, we appreciate you supporting us here on the semi-pros. Anything else, boys, before I go? Sorry, I cut you off there. Nothing else that you want to mention or going on? Hey, good was having Ken on. Oh. Yeah, I'll have, hey. we'll, we'll talk to our wonderful producer Zach. We'll have to get we'll get that one up for people to watch, and I might have to try and get just that snippet of the punting stories. That could be a new segment. That's got to go up. Just just that just that bit at the end, yeah. The the bird the bird costing the first four, and then good to see you got over that day, yeah. When I stole his money on the river on the cards, he's obviously mm. got over that one. He doesn't and then forget anything, doesn't he? No. Nah. Competitive side, yeah. Saying competitive oh. side before. We played cornhole against him one day, and he he, he wanted to keep playing until he won. He wouldn't let anyone go inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. He's darts, you know, but he's yeah, competitive man. So, but yeah, no, it's good to see. Good to see you got over the cards game. We'll have to organise another one of them, actually. So, yeah, geez, he was filthy, like because he was winning all night, and then I took the lot like on the river, and he couldn't. Anyway. Then next time, hard luck hunting story. Oh, yeah, when you're out, you're out. So, but anyway, so yeah, we'll get that one up as well. But yeah, no, so uh, thanks for tuning into the semi pros. It's been fun as always. We'll catch you next week. Just, just about doing, mate. Uh, surely, there you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi pros. The semi pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you're Oh,